Welcome, 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 geeks and nerds, girls and boys, to a brand new edition of geek to me Radio. Tonight, we have actor Diedrich Bader on the show. We talk about everything from Long Arm to Lucky Hank, all about his career, the current things he's done, and what made him fall in love with acting again, all that and more. Stand by. Driving around the greater St. Louis area tonight, listening to us on the Big 550 KTRS. Hello to all of you. Thank you for tuning in. If you're streaming us on Facebook and YouTube, hello to all of you. We appreciate you watching. Of course, if you're hearing us after the fact in the podcast form, hello to you. Thank you very much for finding us there and subscribing on whatever platform you may be getting your podcast from. Uh, We've got Diedrich Bader live for the whole hour tonight. Uh, We've got a lot of people showing you some love in the chats. Uh, We've got... Uh, Larry Levinson says, hi, DB. Uh, we've got hey, Lily Stowinski says 200 plus credits to his name. It's beyond impressive. Uh, she asks if there's a character you'd like to revisit. Oh, that's an interesting question. I mean, obviously, um, the latest series I'd love to go back to. I, I love playing Tony. I love working with Bob. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, I'd love to play Oswald again. Actually, you know, there's there's no character I wouldn't want to revisit. Um, honest to God, uh, like uh, you know, you 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 can't play a part and turn around and hate it. Yeah. Um, to quote Lou Reed. Um, yeah, I mean it's uh, it's something that you do. I would love to go back and do a Star Trek. I'd love for um, a technical assistant, whatever <laughs> number two or whatever he was. I would love to, for him to come back on a Paramount Plus show. That would be really cool. I, I know we could have you back on now that they've now that Jordy's rebuilt the Enterprise D and they're all flying it again. Why not have you show up in the uh, next season of Picard? Now, I think your your title was just listed as tactical officer. Did you give yourself a story, or did you give yourself a backstory and a name and everything like that? Did you have all that as an actor? I did. Uh, I gave myself a name of Knid, um, and uh, just because it sounded futuristic, and also was uh, quoting Bernice Knid. But uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, I I didn't want to list it as like. A thing, it just didn't look good on my resume that it was whatever it was, tactical officer. Um, so I kind of made up a thing. but uh, And then no one ever asked me, so I, I, I didn't have a problem with it. Huh. But, uh, yeah, I mean, um, uh, the cast was incredibly nice, and the producers were really nice. It was a fun show to be on. I think in looking over your resume, like I said, I did all this research, there have been so many great shows and casts that you've been a part of. Is that, do you purposely seek that stuff out or do people kind of know who you are as a person they're like you know what we want Dietrich to play in the sandbox with us because this is the kind of energy we're trying to cultivate on this series or at this movie well i would love that uh, that they had asked for me specifically and maybe that happens now but certainly early on in my career no one knew 
at all who I was. So I was just like trying to make a living like anybody else. So um, I was always surprised when I got hired, frankly. And this is always came something was surprising. Um, but I mean, I was uh, delighted, um, you know, to be included. I know that uh, working on Quantum Leap was a great uh, job and uh, and a real surprise because I never thought about myself as like a, a leading man rebel of the you know leader of the pack kind of guy. And uh, and there I was uh, playing that kind of part. So that was kind of cool, you know. Uh, a beautiful girl, Josie Bissett, on the back of my motorcycle and all that. I never really saw myself that way, so that was kind of cool. That's why it's acting, right? We have to uh, <laughs> embrace the part. Acting. <laughs> um, you mentioned Quantum Leap. I made a list of some of the other classics here. You were on 21 Jump Street, Cheers, The French, uh, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Diagnosis Murder. You got to work with the great Dick Van Dyke. Um, some of these That's classic right. shows... But the fact that you've continued to work and uh, the new ones you've got, CSI Miami, you showed up in Chuck, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Monk, Space Force, which we watched both seasons. My wife and I love Space Force. Um, Rush Hour, The Goldbergs, you got to appear on that. And then all your regular where you were a series regular, like Outsourced. We had Parvish Cheen on the show last year, I think, which was one of my favorite shows. I was heartbroken that that show got canceled. But Veep, you've been on some real bangers. No, I'll see. Yeah, yeah, no, I've been uh, I've been very lucky, knock on wood, uh, for a long time. So, yeah, I'm I'm very grateful for the opportunity and to work with so many great writers and and uh, and to you know continue to to slog away at this uh, thing. I've I've wanted to be an actress since I was about five. Um, so the fact that I get to make a living at it is a, a dream come true, obviously. So uh, I am very blessed and very lucky and and grateful for all the support of all the people that are watching right now. Thank uh you. Yeah, uh, another one from Atlanta, Chance Bartels from the Nostalgic Lad podcast checking in. Hello, Chance. We've got uh, David DeRose uh, says he's thrilled to see Dietrich Bader on the show. Uh, Barry King says, bow to your sensei. <laughs> yeah, bow to your sensei. That was the fun part. I was looking at some of your stuff. I had a question. I often wondered if there was, like, Lawrence on Office Space and then Rex and Napoleon Dynamite, they had to be cousins. Help me out. Uh, right. <laughs> There's a relation, a family, a family relation. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I get the way they could be related. That's for sure. I mean, um, uh, in Napoleon, uh, the description of him is that he sounds like a professional wrestler. Um, so that's what I went for. I That was an offer. I did an audition for that. And uh, my agent at the time, at the time, so he still was an agent. I don't know why I said that. But um, she told me not to do it. Um, that it was a very small part and um, no real star was in it. They had no budget and uh, they just didn't get why I wanted to do it. And um, I could not stop laughing when I read that script. It's still <laughs> to this day, one of the funniest scripts I've ever read in my entire life. And, and, uh, and I could just see it. You know, I went to a school with a kid that was like Napoleon. And I guess once you get that image in your head, like it was hard to get rid of. And uh, so I just wanted to be a part of it. And uh, and yes, they didn't have any money, but I was on the Drew Carey show, so I was making plenty. And it didn't really matter. They told me they would, you know, send a car for me, which is kind of standard thing. But it was the producer, his name is Doc, uh, picked me up at the airport in his Mazda. And I was like, well, yeah, it's not a bicycle. So it's technically a car. Um, but they had, a, they had a super low budget. I got to pick my pants, which was nice. kind of fun. Darusha, uh, the co-writer, um, uh, was also and uh, Jared's wife uh, was the uh, wardrobe supervisor and uh, and so like I had a I had a list of different a panoply of pants and so because he has like this whole thing where he shows his pants so I thought it had to be kind of cool 
Um, but what's cool are Expandel, and so I picked the American Flight Pants. I regret that I left them behind. I should have oh. lost off with them. Yeah, you know. Are you are you usually when there's actors a... who who take souvenirs from the sets and everything? Or are you or is that not your? I don't really. I'm not a sentimental person, so I just leave. But unless it's a really nice suit, and then I talk about it with yeah. the wardrobe supervisor and see if I can walk off with it. But I'm not like, hey, this is cool. Also, like you guys would appreciate this. Um, on Star Trek, uh, The Next Generation, every time you left the stage, every time, if you had to go to the bathroom, the, um, the little insignia thing was taken off of your uniform. It's on Velcro. That would take it off just to make sure you didn't walk off a lot. Wow. Yeah, I know. I thought that was strict. kind of funny. Yeah, it was pretty strict. Yeah, it's probably it's probably strict. Shatner. Probably Shatner ruined it. He probably took stuff every time he walked off the set. So I don't know about guys. that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Also, you can't wear boxer shorts. Um, I wore boxer shorts underneath my uh, uniform, and the uh, wardrobe uh, gal came up to me and goes, "You know, in the future, there are no boxer shorts." And I was like, oh, that's unfortunate because they're super comfortable. And she goes, that's not my point. And I was like, oh, right. So I went back to my trailer. To, so I was a commando on, the, on Star Trek. I didn't know if it, maybe it was a dance belt situation. So completely, that's interesting. So Patrick, you're telling commando. me Patrick Stewart is commando the entire time. He may not have been. I'm just speaking for myself. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we've got Ryan Cooper asks, uh, first of all, loved you in Beverly Hillbillies and Country Bears, which is super underrated. Uh, I read you had an interest in Charlie Chaplin as a youngster. Is that true? And if so, how did that inspire you to grow as a performer? Um, Charlie Chaplin is the reason that I'm an actor. Hmm. Um, there is no other reason that I'm an actor. Uh, that was the um, person that really did it for me. Um, I think about him every day. Hmm. Uh, he is uh, one of the most efficient comedians in history. He and Buster Keaton, of course. Um, and, uh, his combination of sentiment and sweetness and, um, and then a little bit of like a little bit of mean, a little bit of twist of the dark, um, and then just great physical bits. I think about all the time. Um, I learn so much from every time I watch, even if I think about him, I, I, I learned something. I know that doesn't seem to make much sense, but, um, he has meant more to me than any other performer. Hmm. Um, uh, without, uh, my love of Charlie Chaplin, I would definitely be a college professor somewhere. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I mean, like my siblings, you know, I mean, I come from a long line of academics and, and uh, um, they still consider me an outlier. So uh, <laughs> I don't know if I was ever like uh, really accepted for what I do, but, but that's, of course, totally fine. But yeah, if it weren't for Charlie Chaplin, yeah, I think about him all the time. Um, so when, uh, did, when yeah. did your uh, family finally realize, oh, no, he's it was, was it kind of a Walter Mitty situation for a while? We're like, yeah, sure, you're on a TV series. Or did they what when did they finally catch? Oh, Dietrich's really making a go of this. When was that moment? Um, so for my dad, it was when he was working at the World Bank um, and uh, he wasn't an economist. So he was uh, uh, he was a um, modern European historian, a medieval historian. Um, but he was always worried that the people at the World Bank um, the other people at his level, that is, um, would find out that he wasn't an economist. And um, so he was worried about getting caught all the time. <laughs> so he, um, <laughs> so because he, he had the fraud, you know, the imposter syndrome, right. um, as everyone at some point does. Um, but anyway, um, he, um, he was, there were a couple of guys that kept seeing him in the hallway and that he knew were economists and fairly high up in the bank. 
and seeing him in the hallway and and uh, and then like ducking into various rooms and like going around or like turning around going to the restroom whatever and um finally one of the guys caught up with him and said are you Diedrich Bader's father and he said yes I am and he said oh I I uh, my wife and I watch him every night on the Drew Carey show and my father was like is that what you wanted to say to me this whole time <laughs> and he goes yes I just I've been trying to catch you because we just wanted to say that we're fans of your son. And uh, and he called me that night and he goes, did you know that blah, blah, blah. Uh, but the downside of that is that my father actually never watched the show. He never saw a single episode of the Drew Carey show. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Even after that story, like you'd think after that story, he'd be like, oh, I'd be curious. He would ask me numerous times, like, what, excuse me, when is it on? And I was like, it's on every night, every night. Um, in D.C., it's on twice a night, and this is the during the golden age of syndication. And on Wednesday night, it's on three times a night, but still he, he wasn't able to do it. <laughs> not bitter. It sounds like I'm bitter about it, but I'm not. Um, it really wasn't a show for him. He probably wouldn't have appreciated it anyway. But uh, uh, but anyway, I thought that was a funny story that economists tracking go. <laughs> Was there was there a Father's Day? Do you finally just gave him the Drew Carey collection on DVD? Was it was it one of those things? I mean... I wish there was a DVD collection of the Drew Carey show. That's been a bone of contention for quite some time. We're only uh, we only have the music lights, I think, for the first oh. year of the show. Wow! Um, so there's like no streaming. There's no. I mean, there's syndication because that was part of the deal. But the DVD sale uh, also like fell through because of the um, <laughs> music rights thing. I don't know. I don't know quite. Uh, that's all I know. That's literally everything I know. Um, but no, I never gave him a collection because that wasn't available. Uh, uh, yeah, no. And it doesn't stream anywhere, so ah. the story's over anyway. I apologize to the listeners. I'm falling behind the text questions here. We have uh, Chris from the 314 area code says, you have to be part of a lot of great musical numbers on the Drew Carey Show. What was a favorite for you? That's a great question, Chris. Thank you for asking. Um, I would say probably the mashup one with... Um, um, where I played Frankenfurter, um, and uh, and then it was the uh, it's something it was like there was two songs going on like it was two different types of drag and uh, and I got to play Doctor Frankenfurter and uh, Ryan was so amazing at the beginning of that and um, that was probably my favorite one but you know uh, also shooting Cleveland Rocks was really great uh, because we got to be in Cleveland and that was like. I mean, it was crazy, like, uh, being in Cleveland, because they, they went on the radio. Jerry uh, Cohen, who was the director, went on the radio and asked for a bunch of people to show up. And, and we thought, like, a couple hundred people would show up, but it ended up being thousands wow. and thousands of people. And they were great, like, the best, best ever, because they were just so happy to be there. And Cleveland was great to us. Like, we were Beatles in one town. And, uh, and it was Cleveland. And so, you know, God bless Cleveland. It was it was truly fun. Look, all of the hip to be square was probably the hardest to shoot. Hmm. Um, lots of different setups. And my I had gotten into a car accident the night before. Hmm. So my neck really hurt. Um, that's just a little bit of trivia. But I think the most fun to shoot was probably the, hmm. uh, the mashup. Also, uh, Deb Borilski said to tell you hi. She's a casting director. She's moved back here to St. Louis. Uh, we had her on the show Great. a couple couple years ago now, but she's remained a friend of the show. And she said to make sure I tell you hello from her. 
Oh, how nice. Yeah, Devin was great. Yeah, uh, she was always great to me. And we have, uh, let's see, we have Tell Dietrich, Dietrich uh, Brody Dog, Lorena Cleary, says, get stoned with Matt Granger at least once before Lucky Hank raps. He's working on it, too. I'm not sure if you know who okay. that is, but that's the yeah, business. That was great, great advice. That sounds like a, like a thumbs up kind of idea. So that was the message I was asked to pass along for you on there. I'm trying to yeah. catch back up with the chats. For those of you who are listening, I do appreciate all the messages you're sending in. I'm trying to get to them as quickly as I'm seeing them pop up. Um, I love that it's live, man. That's really cool. I, I don't know if I've done like a live like streaming thing. This is different from that. So and I cool. We're already halfway through the broadcast. I'm going to have to get you back on at some point because this is just blowing by this entire hour. Um, we have too much, yeah. But, what uh, questions do you have for me? Go, go. Um, it says, very weird about the insignia. Chance from Atlanta says, very weird about the Star Trek insignia. That's what he was referring to there. Um, yeah, right. Uh, love for Buzz Lightyear of Star Command in the chats. I'm seeing that here as well. Uh, we talked about Drew Carey. Uh, David DeRose said it was a time warp and Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, was the uh, mashup. That's what it was. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. We appreciate that very much. Um, very quickly, I'm, I'm not going to go to commercial break, but I need to do one of my live reads because it's been a while since yeah. I talked to my friends here about Steve's hot dog. Are you a hot dog fan, uh, Dietrich? Who isn't? I'm an American. <laughs> well, there you go. And if, if you're American, you're from St. Louis, Steve's Hot Dogs is the official hot dog of St. Louis. If you want to go get the St. Louis dog, which is obviously an all-beef patty, grilled onions, grilled peppers, banana peppers, bacon, provolone. He has the bacon, bacon, Jamaican, which I know is one of Steve's personal favorites, uh, smoked all-beef dog, pepper jack cheese, jerk seasoning, grilled bell peppers, honey chipotle barbecue sauce, topped with a double serving oh, wow. of bacon. We've got the hot dog flight. Let's say you're having trouble making a decision. Do I want the Hawaii final sure, yeah. dog or do I want the bacon, yeah. bacon, Jamaican? Hot dog flight, it's eight halves of the Chicago, the Gorilla Mac and Cheese, the Bacon Cheeseburger, St. Louis Dog, Chili Cheese Dog, Barbecue Backyard, Hawaii Five-O, and the Bacon, Bacon, Jamaican. So you get to try them all. And right now, for the rest of this month, uh, if you want to order online, maybe you don't want to go out, but you want some food in, you're like, boy, Steve's hot dog sounds good. Put in the coupon code geek to me G-E-E-K-T-O-M-E, at checkout online, steveshotdogsstl.com. Saves you $5 off your order of $25 or more. Dietrich, I apologize. I don't think they deliver to California, but if you're in St. Louis... I was just thinking I would love that one with a chipotle on that. That sounds great. There's not a bad hot dog. I've sampled, I think, I think I've had just about every one of them. And the menu's always changing, too. Like, he did a Stormtrooper dog for May the 4th, Ooh. which was... One of my favorites. It's got mac and cheese on top of it, uh, probel. It's got uh, bread crumbles. It's brilliant. So if you're if you're in St. Louis at any point, Dietrich, please let me know. I'll buy you a, a hot dog flight. We'll go to Steve's Hot Dog. Yeah, flight. please. I'm more of a, like a sauerkraut and mustard kind of guy. Did that's really know? that's those, those my favorite. That's probably the horseshoe dog has sauerkraut on, I believe, or if that it's the very very veggie dog also has sauerkraut. And that's obviously they've got gluten free buns. They've got ve uh, vegetarian options for you in case you're curious. Uh, but if you, again, want to use that coupon code geek to me at checkout, and it'll save you $5 off your order of $25 or more. Very proud to have Steve's Hot Dogs as the official food sponsor here on geek to me Radio. Uh, talking about, I, I know it's, it's uh, boy, losing Kevin Conroy, and that's where you and I met in person, was at his memorial. Um, and you gave such, I mean, the speech you gave, dude, it was absolutely brilliant. Um, but you are one of three people who got to voice Batman in a live action because you voiced him live on Young Sheldon, also Kevin Conroy and Hazel Christ. So you're one of only three people to have done it in animation and technically live action. So you're part of a very exclusive yeah. club. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin was a very good friend of ours. 
um, that was uh, that was quite an occasion, getting everybody together and honoring such a beautiful man. I mean, I, I, I love that guy so much. And uh, his death came as a, a real shock to our whole family. Um, my son was uh, one of the last people to see uh, him, and uh, we're just honored to have been a, a part of uh, Kevin's life. He's you know, a lovely, lovely guy. And my favorite Batman, by the way. Absolutely. <laughs> I, you know, I feel like I'm, I never do it. Like I, all I'm doing is a bad impression of Kevin. You know, I'm like, <laughs> he's the greatest because he he uh, he he brought a gravitas to Batman and a, a seriousness to it that was uh, real. I mean, you know, he, he was a Juilliard trained actor and and uh, um, and a person of incredible depth and and perception and, and uh, so he brought all of that um, to his uh, portrayal of Batman. And made it, you know, not a cartoon. I know that's a weird thing to say, uh, but uh, it was great to see Bruce Tim there, too. Uh, yeah, uh, and Paul Dini was there, too. Uh, a lot of, I mean, just the, yeah. the people who were there, it's really heartwarming to see how many lives he'd touched. Um, Andrea yeah. Romano has been on the show several times. I love Andrea to death. Probably the sweetest person to ever walk the planet. And I know... Fantastic. And one of the greatest uh, directors of all time, too. And like, a really fabulous director. I keep I keep thinking one day I'm going to get a guest on here who's like, oh, my gosh, she was horrible to me. She terrified me, <laughs> but I haven't heard anybody see it yet. So I, I have a question because Kevin, we've had Kevin on the show several times, and we've heard how he got cast and how he only knew the 66 Batman. And Bruce and Andre were like, no, 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 that's not what we want. Brave and the Bold was such a charming, like, I just went back and watched some episodes uh, this this afternoon before I got on the show and it had such a great uh nod to the past but you really made batman your own i'm curious i don't think i've ever heard the story of how you got cast as batman for this project well andrea and i had worked together on another series called zeta um the zeta project and uh and we really got along really well and uh she's a lovely person and she brought me in uh, for batman and i think i was a little too jokey at the audition if i'm looking back on it they have Sometimes they have like different sound setups to dampen the sound to make sure that everything that you're hearing goes through the microphone. So they will have like, you know, these great shields that look like, you know, um, cones of foam. And then they had one pillar. It was about like, mm, let's say two feet in diameter. And it was about six feet high. And I, for some reason, started like punching it like it was a punching bag. I have no idea. Uh, at that time, I really like winged it most of the time in my life, and then I did my Batman, which was basically like it just came out as, as it was. Um, and they also wanted to hear Bruce Wayne and how that would be different, mm-hmm. and um, because Batman is like a character that Bruce plays, or uh, Bruce Wayne is a character that Batman plays, however you want to say it. Um, but uh, uh, but it just sort of. I hadn't really decided what I would do, frankly. Um, and I just, uh, it just sort of came out as it was. It's weird because like a lot of the characters that I end up getting, um, I haven't really pre-planned what I'm going to do. Lawrence, for example, in office space was the same way. Like I, I had a plan and then I had to throw it out. Um, so the voice just sort of came out of nowhere. And uh, my Batman basically just sort of arrived. Um, so, uh, and I'm doing basically the same voice, although my voice has changed slightly um, for uh, Harlequin, um, which is a great show. If you haven't seen it, it's really fabulous. Um, so, so I'm basically doing kind of the same guy, <laughs> but in a very different context. 
Uh, my voice has changed. It 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 has buffed up a little bit more, and it's a little less nasal. Um, but other than that, it's the same voice. I figure, you know, he uh, kind of a Tony guy, born into a billionaire family. So the uh, my voice of uh, my East Coast voice kind of works for Batman just sort of naturally. Um, so uh, I don't really push it that hard. Where with a lot of characters, I I try to. Um, drown how I really sound as a person. Okay, Does that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, totally makes sense. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, and we have uh, another one. Emily wants to know she's seen your beautiful garden pictures and wants us just to talk about flowers for the rest of the show. Emily, thank you. We can <laughs> we can touch on it, but we won't talk about flowers for the entire hour over the rest of the hour. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you do take. I mean, we you I follow you on uh, social media, and it's great to see your pictures of your garden. It's really beautiful. Oh, thank you. Thank you for saying that. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I, I since moving into this house, uh, I've become that's my hobby, and um, my hope is that people look at the flowers and uh, they can meditate on, on them, or just think about them, or just admire them for a brief period of time, and it gives them some sense of peace. Um, the garden for me is is a great uh, solace, and uh, uh, and it, it's a, it's a wonderful thing to partake in. And uh, uh, through work and then just through observation, um, it, it has many, many rewards, um, just like any other art form. And, and uh, uh, it's also it's just beautiful to see what uh, what we have done as humans. We have created something beautiful. We've taken an initial thing that was just kind of a weed in China. <laughs> and then uh, and then we've made it something really beautiful. I'm just talking about roses right now. But um <laughs> But, you know, that uh, people have taken great interest in, uh, in it over the millennia. And uh, uh, I think that's very beautiful to be a part of. And again, if you're just now tuning in, with this is Flower Talk on Geeks Me Radio. We're talking about <laughs> <laughs> no, right? hyacinths to hydrangeas with Dietrich Bader. If you have a gardening question. No, I want to ask you, uh, obviously, Lucky Hank streaming on AMC uh, with the great Bob Odenkirk. You've got, you've got a great cast you're working with on that. I don't think I've not heard. Has it been renewed for a second season yet? Not yet. Yeah. We'll see what happens. And with uh, with this particular series, obviously, if you, everyone in the cast waiting on whether or not we'll get a second season. Is there any talk amongst the cast? Do you know? Have are they hopeful, or is everyone kind of as an actor? Do you kind of I I did everything. I'm going to leave it out in the field. If we get renewed for a second season, great. If not, you know, I'm I'm good. I did everything I could, and we all did everything we could. Um, that's that's our job, and it's it's up to AMC whether or not it fits within their their larger time frame. AMC has been nothing but great to us, um, and Sony, the uh, producing studio, has been fabulous. So, you know, it's all just a matter of whether or not they want the demographic that we pulled in. Um, I mean, obviously, Succession, um, it's just an amazing show, but also if you're doing a Venn diagram with their audience and ours would basically be this. Um, so, uh, which I, uh, those of you that are on the radio, I did a circle. Uh, it's one circle. So, um, succession is taking all the oxygen out of the room and they're fantastic. Um, so it's nothing against them. It's just that it's the same audience. So we'll see. I mean, you know, they're obviously in their last season. So possibly we get picked up and then, we discover a larger audience. I would hope so. Um, you know, there are no zombies. There's no vampires. There's no time travel. I mean, I guess there's like flashbacks. So it's kind of a time travel. But, uh, um, you know, um, the consequences are human. And uh, um, 
uh, and they mean a lot to those people, but they're not like earth shattering. A person's life isn't going to end at the end of every episode, as Bob said. So uh, uh, it's just whether or not people um, uh, care, <laughs> frankly. And uh, so we'll just we'll see what happens. I would love for Tony was a great part. Yeah. And uh, uh, and working in Vancouver with that crew was amazing. Vancouver is like the best location ever. And uh, I first started there on 21 Jump Street many, many, many years ago. And uh, uh, and the chance to go back every time I've relished it. So. And so yeah. that's breaking news here, folks. Uh, Dietrich has confirmed we'll have vampires and zombies in season two of Lucky Hank. So uh, we've got right. that now live on the air. <laughs> Stand by for that. <laughs> uh, we have another question coming in from an 843 area code. Jeff from Charleston. Hello, Jeff. Uh, I know you're fantastic at improv, but do you do much writing? Um, I do a little bit of writing, uh, and I've gotten I've gotten a tremendous number of meetings. Thanks for asking. Um, where people are like, "Gosh, your scripts are really funny," um, uh, and they're so unconventional. And um, um, h- how can you make them more conventional? <laughs> Basically, is what they said. Like, how can we make them like everybody else? And I'm like, "Well, you just said that." Okay, but I, I thank her. So I don't do very well in the meetings. Um, so uh, um, hopefully someday I'll take a meeting and do well with it, where I'm like, yeah, I'll change that and I'll do that and all that. But um, uh, but thanks for asking. I do enjoy writing. It's really fun for me. I write with my wife, and, and uh, uh, we enjoy making each other laugh. Um, so, uh, so we'll see. Knock on wood. And you, he mentioned improv. I, I've always wondered, because you'll see uh, some of the scenes, like, uh, our friend Lewis at uh, Comic Book Nostalgia sent me a clip when he knew I was going to have you on of you and Ryan Stiles dressed as Batman and Robin in the episode where you stole the Batmobile from Drew. And, it, you know, they answer the door and you can tell Drew's laughing quite a bit. You guys all kind of seem like you're holding back smirks. Were, were there improv moments that happened that actually the director's like, OK, we're keeping that? Or was it all tightly oh, yeah. You guys... On the Drew Carey show? Yeah. They totally were. I mean, you know, look, you can't have Ryan Stiles on stage and not expect him to fly in a certain situation. Um, yeah, I mean, um, the relationship with, between Lewis and Oswald, you can tell Oswald looks up to Lewis all the time. And I looked up to Ryan Stiles. I mean, Ryan Stiles is a total genius. And um, so any, you know, step he would take, he was leading and I would follow. And um, it was a very big yes end situation. Um, you know, uh, if anybody remembers, um, we had live shows where we improvised and basically all I did was just take the lead, um, you know, take, um, what I did from Ryan taking the lead. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, there was a lot of improv on the Drew Carey show, uh, especially, you know, yeah, no, it was really fun to do. And Drew was totally with it. He was laughing so hard because he had not seen those costumes. Uh, we had not rehearsed with them, nor had Kate seen them. Um, and Kate Walsh, I was also in the scene and his had it. Um, but they both had not seen the, the wardrobe. <laughs> and, uh, so they're genuinely laughing because the wardrobe, uh, Julie, the uh, wardrobe lady did a really fabulous job costume design. And, uh, it's genuinely funny. Was, uh, we know Star Trek was commando. Was, were you and, uh, Ryan commando as Batman and Robin as well? Or was there? <laughs> <laughs> Let me think. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Um, just because I had to wear those tights and everything. Yeah, that's probably right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that I think I had a dance belt on that one. Yeah. 
So we need to play a game now of going through your IMDb thing, oh. and we just list the thing off and say, okay, commando, or were there boxers? And we'll just kind of go through the sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like an established game that you play with everybody. That would be strange if that were the case. Um, yeah, no, I think just that. And uh, I mean, obviously, when on the Drew Carey show, when we did the full Monty episode, you know, I, I, I was naked. But, uh, um, um, and then how long, I, I guess, on Outsource. I was naked on outdoors. I, I held a coconut in front of me. So I had a coconut. Okay. But other than that, yeah. And I I guess a bunch of people had to like sign releases or whatever to agree that I could be naked in their presence, which is totally cool and as it should be. But uh, um, uh, but yeah, that was so. And I wasn't like, you know, running around <laughs> slashing myself. It was a, I mean, it's odd to walk around and you're naked and everybody else has clothes on. It's not like a locker room. Situation. It's a strange. Mine. I don't know about anybody else. Yeah. But yeah. That's... Yeah. Sure. Of course. It's everybody. Time out. Yeah. No. It's a weird thing. It's a weird thing to do. And uh, acting puts you puts you in situations that you would never anticipate. Um, and it's it's one of the great things. For example, like when I went to North Carolina School of Arts, I was doing very badly in my dance class. Mm. And I said to the teacher, you know, I'm like enormous no one is going to hire me to dance like i'm never going to dance in my career i'm not going to be in musicals i can't sing i can barely move and why would they want me to dance and she very wisely barbara was her name said an actor should never say never mm. and turns out i did so many musical numbers on the drew carey show where i'm dancing all around did you send her a nice letter and right. say, hey look you were right <laughs> Yes. I sent her a nice letter and I said, thank you. You were right and I was wrong. And I learned. And uh, if you're just now listening, uh, we've been talking with Dietrich Bader. Uh, we were coming up. We just literally have about a minute and a half left. This hour has flown by. Um, you mentioned spread. I know you had a couple other projects that were either in post-production or announced. Is that the next one we should look for you? Is there something else that you're, you're working on we can uh, watch for you to be in? Uh, spread is, is spread is it for now. Um, I will, you know, uh, let you guys know as it, as it comes out, but I'm taking it easy for now. You know, there's a, I'm growing my strike beard. Um, there's a strike going on. I yes. think actors are going to strike, uh, very soon. No one wants to strike, but, uh, um, you know, going forward, um, in the future, we have to nail down what we're doing with streaming and, um, uh, it is unsustainable at this exact time. I'm fine. I was, I, you know, uh, Hank is my, what, seventh series uh, as a regular. Um, so I'm okay. We're just talking about the future. Um, the future actors, future writers, future directors, um, everybody in the crew. You know, um, we have to think about that. So um, that's why I am voting. And I hope every actor that's watching it now will vote for um, uh, the uh, SAG to go on strike and say yes. Yeah, we've been seeing a lot of the brilliant signs by a lot of people who have been on the show holding up those signs going out there, and a lot of the, the actors have been out there striking with the writers and solidarity. Uh, so it's been kind Yeah, of I go out there all the time. It's really yeah. fun, actually. <laughs> Crazy, you know, crazily enough, like you see a lot of people that you know, and uh, and you walk around, and it's kind of hot. It's a kid. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, you guys have good weather to strike in California. Like we mentioned the weather. <laughs> good striking weather as opposed to New York. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I had thought about that, but that's, that's true. But uh, yeah, that the uh, the Writers Guild strike. Obviously, we've seen that a lot of that on Twitter. So that's something to uh, if, like like Dietrich said. If you're able to vote, 
make sure you vote because obviously the writing is the base in which all this acting that they're able to come in and do. That's the base with which it all. Without writers, we are nothing. We are nothing without writers. And uh, and unfortunately, like I said, I I hate to say this is the end, but we've actually we've reached the end of the broadcast. I'm going to start playing the outro music. Um, Dietrich Bader, if you want to find him on Twitter and Instagram, it's just at Bader Dietrich. Yes, that's right. And uh, hopefully, like I said, hopefully we can have me back on again because I got a, I got a whole list of stuff that we didn't even get to. Uh, oh. Listeners loved having you, so I appreciate your time on a Sunday night, and I'll reach out and hopefully we can do it again soon. It's not in the way I would love it. Thank you very much. There he goes, Dietrich Bader. Uh, I want to thank Joey V for coming in, making the show look and sound as good as it does. Thank you to our sponsors, the City of St. Charles, Raider St. Charles Convention, and Visitor Bureau. Thank you to Steve's Hot Dogs. Thank you to Bugs Comics. And next week, we've got Paul Sun Young Lee on top of his role in The Mandalorian and Kim's Convenience. And after that, David Dan joins us live to talk about his brand new movie, The Boogeyman. Until next week, my friends. That's a show. This is Geek to Me Radio. Hey kids, are your parents about to buy you a shiny new toy from Amazon? Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? Well, don't be selfish. Share some of that money with us. Before going on Amazon, make sure to type in bit.ly slash geek2me in the web browser. It will look just like Amazon.com, except it'll say Referral Geek2Me Radio up top. And then when you check out, a tiny percentage will go to support the show without costing you one cent more. So before your parents get you that gizmo, gadget, or widget, make sure they type in bit.ly slash geek2me in the web browser. Bit.ly slash geek to me. Bit.ly slash geek to me.